Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. You are listening to the Intentionally Inspirational Podcast. This podcast is created for hungry entrepreneurs who are seeking motivation, personal development resources, and actionable tips. Now for your host, Jason Wright. This is episode number 94, You Are What You Think About with Maura Sweeney. What is happening, everybody? Jason Wright here. Only six more episodes until the 100th episode. Almost there. We will get there before the end of the year, I promise. Today's guest is an awesome guest. Uh, We have a great conversation about one of my favorite topics in the world, and that's mindset. That's mindset and and living happy inside and out and all those things in that that area. Because I'm a big believer that mindset that you've got is the foundation for your experience with everything. And we will dive into that much deeper here in a moment. But instead of a random story for you this week at the beginning of the show, like I normally do, it's kind of a just a random assorted of ramblings that I'm going to do. And I was thinking about kind of three or or four different stories, but I'm just kind of combining them into one to kind of, you know, put some perspective there in front of you and drive some points home. So my first paperback book is done. It'll be released and published in about a week. And it's been a 16, 17 month journey. And what's interesting about it is I can clearly remember having a conversation with a few different people and people telling me why I shouldn't do it or telling me why it wasn't a good use of my time. And these are people that have my best interest in mind, but it got me really thinking about, especially in hindsight, looking back at it, you can't allow other people to define your limits or your barriers or tell you what you should and shouldn't do creatively because it doesn't make sense. You know, so many people I talk to anywhere in life, just pay attention when you talk to people, but so many people I talk to We'll just allow everybody to tell them what they can't do and why they can't do it. And it we get so used to hearing that, that it doesn't even strike us as being abnormal anymore. So it's a big problem. And a lot of people never see their potential because they don't ever go for it. They don't ever step out and see what happens. So something to think about there. But here's another piece of the story that I guess is more recent. So there's a piece of my business here lately that's been doing really well. And it's in the digital marketing space and it's not advertising. And it's funny because even people I talked to about it, you know, a month ago, didn't really see much opportunity in that area. And I kept paying attention to what I was seeing and what people are saying. And again, I'm not listening to other people. I'm just following my instincts and going for it. And I'm finding great success with it. And really the story about the book's no different. You can't listen to everybody who tells you why something won't work or why something isn't good for you or your business or your time. You've got to trust your instincts to a point and just see what happens. You know, I say this all the time. Failure is part of the process. Don't run from failure. Accept it as a possible outcome and see what happens. You're going to learn something if you fail. Failure off always offers a lesson for learning. You can take what you've learned. You can readjust and try again. So, Wanted to share that with you. Want you to think about the things in your business and in your life that people may be kind of placing limits on for you and you may not even realize it. So think about that. Digest that a little bit. 
And let's get into this conversation with Maura. Um, again, this is awesome. Uh, great conversation with her. And um, looking forward to sharing this with you. And like I said, you're going to walk away from this episode feeling good and feeling inspired. And, um, you know, hopefully take that back to your business and your life. Let's check it out. What's happening, everybody? I've got another great guest with me this week. I've got Maura Sweeney from Maura for You. Let me tell you what I know about Maura. She's a published author, an international speaker, a podcast host herself, and she's been featured on over 100 media outlets across the U.S. and abroad. Maura, welcome to the show. Thank you, Jason. I am thrilled to be here with you on Intentionally Inspirational. That is essentially what I am. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, I'm curious to hear this. How did you get started with everything that you are doing? I could give you a two-pronged answer. Number one, I could tell you I stumbled into it later in life, midlife. But the second and probably more authentic answer is that I was born to do what I'm doing, and I'm doing it at the right juncture or the right time period in life. And that is I am an inspirer and an uplifter um, in a variety of areas. And I've been that way since I was a little little person. I'm talking about preschool. I was always interested in ideas. I was interested in sharing ideas, discussing ideas. I was interested in the world. I was interested in how the world works and, uh, and in connecting with other people. And I always envisioned a world that was maybe superior to the one that I'm seeing and I have seen. So I just love what I do. Mm -hmm. So explain to me about the, you said there was a timing aspect to this. It, it's yeah. interesting because that got me thinking, I wonder if some people out there have the, the perfect idea for themselves, but maybe they get involved too early or is there such a thing as too late? Well, that's like when people say, when is the best time to have a child, right? Yeah. You know, we say, well, I don't know what the best time is. But in, I, in my case, um, my husband and I had one child who was growing up very quickly, and she was off to college by age 16. We had a business, and my husband and I had been together since college when we were both 19. I was always an idea person. I was a visionary. I was someone that studied leaders. I studied business. I studied government. I studied all these things because they fascinated me, but I also knew I needed a lot of life experience. So at some point growing up, I actually envisioned myself being either a newspaper writer or a person that would be a public speaker or somebody who would write magazine articles or a book. Um, I actually envisioned that as a preschooler because before I could read or write. And yet here I was at midlife with, you know, ready to be a, um, what do they call those people? The, uh, empty nest people. Mm -hmm. And I thought, well, my husband and I, we could either keep selling computer stuff, having a comfortable living, but never feeling like our lives were having purpose and impact. And so there was nothing really holding me back after our daughter went away. And I just started writing. I actually started being a YouTuber. Uh, and as I was changing my career, my husband and I were uh, working with a variety of clients, um, I had to go out and learn all new skills. And every time I did, I would put these little questions on YouTube that were both for me as well as for potential listeners. And my first question ever on YouTube, I've done about 200 short YouTube, uh, segments. The very first one I was standing 
in uh, Hoboken, New Jersey. And in the background, you could see Manhattan Island. It was one of the first times my husband and I were stepping out doing some new branding of our own. And I'm looking at this enormous city. You know, you think about New York City, if there's one city to get lost in, right? And feel very small and it's New York. Mm -hmm. And I remember just using that moment, my husband put on the, um, the camera. And I said, how do you get noticed when you are looking at a backdrop of New York city and you are trying to become a name or a personality? How do you do it? And I said, I believe the answer is this, be yourself. And that is really the foundation piece of so much of what I write about be yourself. And, um, that was really the beginning of my YouTube videos. And I became a blogger podcaster. I wrote some books. I have an e-course, I'm an international speaker and I'm, I'm sure I do other things in there too. And like, including interview with people like you. There you go. But I, <laughs> well, I tell you, it's very cool that you're able to kind of envision this at such a young age and you've executed on that vision. I love that. You know, it's so many people, uh, have the dream, you know, they tell you about when they're a kid and then they grow up and you're like, well, why didn't you pursue it? And we know why fear and, and all these different things, but it's great that you actually went for it and made it happen. You know what? I think I was never, I knew that I couldn't be satisfied with myself if I stayed being a coffee clatcher, criticizing other people's lives. I just couldn't be there. Does that make sense? There are a lot of people, and I say coffee clatcher, but let's say we watch TV and we make fun of people that we don't like, or we read magazines and we find fault with other people. I couldn't live my life as a spectator, nor did I want to be a person who be, who grew dull or uh, critical of life and critical of others. I thought, you know what? I have time, I have talents, and I have a certain amount of freedom. Let me go and be a catalyst for change. And so that was where it came from. It came from the inside of me. And I have to tell you, there was so much personal growth. There were so many new skills I had to learn. There was so much stepping out of comfort zones. But I will tell you this, that um, Jason, I feel so much more alive as a result of doing what I do today. Sometimes a little tired and exhausted because I'm like sometimes spinning on many wheels. But when I say alive and energized, um, I know I feel a lot younger than I did when, you know, 10 years ago. Absolutely. Just hearing you speak made me think of that quote, be the change you want to see in the world. <sighs> Absolutely. And you know what? I use that oftentimes when I'm speaking. A lot of people these days are now big on slogans, but I said, you know what? The step comes after that. Then we actually do become that change. Like, you know, people will find somebody else's quote they like, but the next step is actually saying, I am that person of influence. My life can make a difference. And I'm a, a such a believer in that. And, uh, the same holds true with people, whether it's in their lives, but also in their businesses and in their relationships and, and, and in that knowledge that everywhere they go, everyone they intersect with or relate to, they are being a person of influence. They are delivering some degree of impact. And in the process, they're changing the way other people see the world. Absolutely. Well, I just hearing you say everything right here, I hope somebody listening is like, man, this lady is really, really, really passionate about her life. I mean, it, it is such a shame to go to a job or a career that just sucks the life out of you, you know, you're the opposite of that. And I, I hope everybody listening understands that they can have that experience as well, but you've got to do something different than you're doing now. If you're not there, you agree? 
I do. And you know something? I don't speak uh, as if I'm just giving you platitudes. I left law school midstream because I was in a place at age 23 that I felt like the walking dead. I was doing what I was told, doing and following a path that um, I was expected to follow. My parents had decided I was going to be a lawyer. And I was like the walking dead. And I thought, I can't do this for 40 years. And then uh, I needed to step out and find out what I loved to do or find out what my purpose was. I ended up in corporate life and learned that I was a great manager, a better manager than I was a salesperson because I love people. I love finding people, skills, developing people, setting up cultures, promoting people, and just creating these winning atmospheres. And then after 10 years in that kind of an environment, the corporate environment, I kind of lost my energy because I learned everything I wanted to learn. I went as far as I had an interest to go. And then here I am these days. So I think that sometimes we have to even check into our own energy and say, wait a minute, is what fueled me in the past working for me today? And if not, what will fuel me? And how could I step out um, and find those things or connect with those things so that my energy level, my passion, and even my skills go up and increase? Very nice. I'm going to ask you about a phrase very near and dear to your heart. Are you nervous? <laughs> I don't know. Let's see. <laughs> uh, so tell me about living happy inside and out. That is my mantra. And I'm telling you, I it's so simple, but I don't know if people find it confusing. I knew as a little child, and again, I'm going to go back to preschool. I watched adults around me vying for the attention of other people. And I used to say, why are they trying to work so hard to get everybody else's attention and approval when all they have to do is ask themselves what they like or what's important to them? Meaning be happy with yourself and be true to yourself first and foremost, because otherwise you end up trying to mimic or please other people and you lose yourself and you lose your happiness. And you really kind of lose that, that, um, that scent of life that you have within you and that vitality. And so I will tell you, I spent several years of my life, not always happy. You know, I told you I was going to law school, doing what I was told. I wasn't too happy about that. There were things I wanted to do growing up and I couldn't do them because I was supposed to be a lawyer and I was being groomed. And so I needed over the course of my lifetime to choose over and over and over again, I was going to be happy and I was going to be responsible for my own happiness and never be a blamer because most of us are, you know, we see our lives as, you know, it all happened to me. Life happened to me. So-and-so did this to me, but I chose literally and have continued to do so to always be a beneficiary and, um, to live happy. The inside is what's going on in my head. How am I seeing this situation? How am I going to anticipate the outcome? And my my anticipated outcome for everything has always been, I'm going to be a beneficiary in this thing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and it ultimately, it doesn't happen right away, but you're actually setting up the, you're setting yourself up for, I would say, better energy, better outcomes, um, a better attitude, and then other people in your wake respond to it as well. You know, mm -hmm. like 
walk into a room and you find somebody and you think, oh my gosh, this guy's got such bad energy. I feel like, you know, somebody's going to have to peel me off the floor. I feel so depressed. And then somebody else could walk into the room and all of a sudden change the entire tenor and atmosphere because they're upbeat. And that's the kind of person I've chosen to be. And I inspire other people to be that way too. We could change the world and ourselves. Absolutely. And you have such a, a wonderful spirit about you. I have to give you that compliment. I can tell it's really how you are, but it's uh, it's rare. You don't see it often and it's uh, it's wonderful to see. So uh, thank you for being you. Oh, well, thank you. And you know, this is funny that you should say that. Thank you very much for saying so. But do you know how much of my writings and my podcasts inspire and encourage and tell stories to encourage people to be their best self too? Because that's really all I am. I'm, I'm not exactly like anybody. Some people think I'm a little quirky with my interest in what's going on in government and what's the foundation of money and all these crazy things, but they make me me. Mm-hmm. And in some ways, you know, and it's sometimes it's that that unique flavor that we have that makes us more appealing to other people. It's like a fresh air because you realize that person has no airs. They just are who they are. Mm-hmm. No, it's, it's so important. You know, people waste so much time worrying about what everybody else is doing and comparing, but if they would just be themselves and be, be that consistently in front of people, they would find that they would grow their own audiences and have their own success, you know? Don't I know? Let me tell you, I grew up and it was all about what everything looked like, what other people were going to think. That's it. Every thought that went through my head was geared toward what are other people going to think? Or my parents okay with this? My parents are telling me what to do. And so I know what it's like to live on the other side of that. And I've spent decades undoing all of that mental baggage. Not that, I mean, that's part of life. Everybody's like that. And every time I got rid of the false fronts and I allowed more of myself to step through, more life came out and so did more success. And that's a universal thing for everyone and anyone, Jason, unless, of course, you know, you're a serial killer underneath it, but I don't think most people are. (laughs) That is not me. (laughs) And, you know, can I add something further to that, this idea about being who you are? I hope some of your listeners will hear this and make the proper connections. When I started writing, it actually happened because I couldn't go to sleep at night and I was reliving and laughing in bed about some old stories in my life. And I thought, well, since I can't fall asleep, let me go down to the computer and write some of these stories. And when people said to me at first when I was blogging, well, what do you blog about and who's your audience? I said, well, I blog about what makes us happy. And I said, I'm, I, I guess my audience is anybody that wants to be happy. And people laughed at me and derided me like as if to say, well, that's really stupid. And yet here I am several years later. You already announced, you know, I've been interviewed hundreds of times in the media. I, I've spoken 13 times in seven countries in the past two years overseas. And I'm talking about at universities, at, at um, uh, leadership conferences. And I've been even in foreign news. I mean, I've done so many things. And I actually have the title now, Ambassador of Happiness, that was first given to me um, when I spoke at Nelson Mandela Day, the first ever uh, Nelson Mandela Day celebrations produced by UNESCO outside the nation's capital. And then I even spoke with, um, oh gosh, at another conference. And the conference was comprised of students from 28 countries, I think. And it was all for um, a model UN. 
And I got up and I said to them, have you ever heard of the ambassador of happiness? And they were all looking at each other like, well, I don't know. I might know like the ambassador of Afghanistan or of anything else. And I said, do you know, there never was an ambassador of happiness until I decided to be one. The title didn't exist, but because I followed what was so important to me, other people gave me that moniker. So think about what that means to any person listening today who's thinking about wherever they are and whatever it is that they're doing and wondering how can they differentiate themselves from everyone else out there who appears to be doing the same thing. And my advice is be yourself and use those elements that make you unique. And eventually people in the world will start saying, well, wait, I never heard of this before, but it's pretty attractive. It's, it's, it's appealing because it's fresh and new and different and it's authentic. Absolutely. Man, beautifully. Well, very well said. Well, I could have said it with fewer words, but thanks for giving me the to No, it. <laughs> no worries at all. So I'm going to let you run with this one any way you want to, but talk to me a little bit about happiness after the quote-unquote honeymoon phase of a startup. You know, when you first get rolling with a startup, it's really exciting to buy new stuff, you know, websites and set up new social accounts and this and that. But uh, what, what does happiness look like or, or how should it be viewed or whatever way you want to go with that after that honeymoon phase ends? Oh, you know, this is very interesting. You were describing this a honeymoon phase. I could look back at my honeymoon phase and in my mind, it was all like, oh my gosh, do I know how to do this? Can I figure this out? Do I have to go to class for this? I would almost say I'm more in the honeymoon phase now that I am farther down the path because I've learned how to master certain things. But where you're going is after the, let's say, supposed um, luster Yes. Falls off. Correct. Yes. Yeah. Okay. That's a great question because a lot of people in business start something and they don't have the longevity. I always do this. I spend time by myself every morning. And I did this even when I was in corporate management. It's important because it gives me space and time to get rid of the rest of the world and everything the world is telling me to do or or dictating to me and to tap into what makes me happy, what makes me feel grounded. What is it that I love? And it's in those quiet places. And I usually take notes. I will be able to stay fresh and clear and inspired, not only to continue doing what I have been doing, Jason, but also to get new ideas to do new things. So it's almost like keeping what I have, but adding new wrinkles to it or new ideas. And that's what I, that would be my best advice because it's very easy to get into a grind and to get miserable or to get frustrated with small things that before used to be exciting. Um, but to have a little bit of time, set itself aside just for you to give some thought to being inspired, to connecting with other things that keep things fresh. You just have to do that every day. And I think that that's an important element to keep the life, not only in your own life, but also to keep that, um, that battery charge going for what you're doing in your business. Cause your business really is an extension of the life within you. Mm -hmm. What's well, interesting when you're saying that I was thinking back and there's things when I first got going that were like really, really exciting to me. And then I, 
kept going and then it kind of got to be a bit of a drag because I was like, man, maybe I'm just really not very good at this. And then you kind of step back from it and say, you know what? That's not even that important anyway. Why am I even worried about that? So it's funny how perspective can, can play a big part in everything, you know? I love what you just said to step back from it and realize it's not that big of a deal. I'm going to tell you something else. I am the trademarked ambassador of happiness, but I will tell you this, and hopefully somebody else could hear it. Every once in a while, my husband, uh, who works in another office, will come upstairs and he could tell I have been working too long and I'm a people person. So if I am working too long, I could have little things that start to really get under my skin or feel like, oh, don't tell me I have to do this again. And my husband will say to me, get away from, get away from your computer and get outside, go take a, take a gym class, you know, go to the spa, do whatever you do. I work out every day and get around people. And I'm telling you, I could no sooner get in my car, um, step out into nature or step into an exercise class. And I am immediately changed. And what you just said, stepping away gives you great perspective. And that's another bit of advice as to what to do after the honeymoon period. Sometimes if you just make yourself work, 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 you think you're working hard, but you may not be working with inspiration. And without the inspiration, you tend to feel like you're working with a ball and chain rather than with a helium filled balloon. Mm. If if you could understand the difference. And I'm telling you, I live it. I know it. (laughs) Very nice. This is fun. Are you having fun? I'm having fun. You know what? If I could do this several times, well, I do do it several times a week, but if I could even do it more often and get paid for it, I think I'd be one of the happiest people. I'd not only be the ambassador of happiness, I would be like floating up um, in the air somewhere. I love this. I love connecting with people. It It is. Uh, It's a heck of a lot of fun. Because it's exchanging ideas. And I love being around like-minded people who are always looking for better ways to do something or more positive ways um, to develop the self, the business, the lifestyle, et cetera. I love that. The thing that's so cool for me about podcasting, I get to build that network worldwide, but I always get off of each show with a new idea I've never heard of or a new perspective. And it's, it's just you know, you, you take something away and you give something back with everybody. It's just the neatest thing in the world. And there's no rules. I mean, you can literally do whatever you want. So it's great. It is. Uh, it is. So I would love now to get three tips from you for sustaining happiness and a positive mindset in the entrepreneurial world. And it doesn't even have to be in the startup phase. It can be just in general, because as we've talked about a little bit today, that you know, it can be a grind at certain times or uh, you may go through a period of extreme struggle. You know, there's a lot of things that can happen. So what are your three tips for sustaining happiness in a positive mindset? All right, let me give you three. The first one, be a creator instead of a reactor. Every day we interact with different people in different situations. And in most of those cases, we have a decision to make. Am I going to react to to something I don't like, or maybe the way somebody looks at me or, or an email I get or anything, or a no that I get from someone, or am I going to create a new atmosphere that works for me and works for others? So that means wherever you are, whoever's pushing your buttons or whatever is pushing your buttons, hold off, take a breath and expect to respond in a creative as in positive way, rather than a reactive negative way that will definitely steal your joy and steal your power. So that's the first thing. Be a creator instead of a negative reactor. Um, Here's another one. 
choose to be self-approved rather than looking for the approval of others. You know, whenever we're, this applies to all of us, we can be in a world where um, no one is giving us back, or let's say we could go through a week or a day, sometimes a month, where we're not getting feedback like we want it. And we can buy into feelings of negativity or powerlessness. So I'm going to say be self-possessed. And what that means is, again, taking a little bit of space, knowing what you're all about, knowing what your mission is, owning it, living in that space, and knowing that everywhere you go and everything you do, you are, you are, um, let me give it, I want to give a good word picture. You are sharing that positive vibe that will turn so many negatives into a positive. Does that make sense? The way I explained it? It does. Okay. And here's the third thing. Embody your own value system. It's very easy when you're in business to get sloppy, to cut corners, and maybe to do some things that may help you today, but hurt you or you know, bite you in the behind next week, next month, next year. So what's your value system? Is it something like integrity? Is it something like customer service? Is it maybe, um, creativity? Stay true to whatever your values are because people will know you by your value system. So whether that means the business is great, the business is not so good, something goes wrong. When you stay true to your value system, your customers will stay true to you. Beautiful. So how's that? Very good. Good enough for three? Very, very good. (laughs) And you can see kind of the the joy of the show here. We're talking a little bit before we went live on here, but you see how it just kind of stays in your lane and it just gets so much great value. And this is awesome. I, I think this is just gold. And I know the listeners are agreeing with me nodding their heads right now. So I want you to think about the laws of attraction for a moment. And I'm going to go in a little bit different direction than you think. How does mindset affect who you attract as clients? Do you think that plays into it? I, I thought about that when I wrote that down and I said, you know what? I spoke out loud to myself. I said, I've never thought about that before. What do you think? Ask me that question again. I've never been asked that question before, but ask it again for my benefit (laughs) as well as your listeners, because I do have an answer. Okay. So thinking about the laws of attraction, how does mindset affect who you attract as clients? I love that question. And I definitely believe there's there's, uh, veracity to it and there's a truism to it mindset is everything I deal with, as you could tell in the past half hour so that we've been speaking. Do you know that whatever we keep in our mind becomes a, our reality on the outside over time? You do know that, right? Napoleon Hill taught me that. Yeah. And I, you know what? I knew that somehow I just knew it intuitively. And then I realized several people said the same thing. So when you, this is the way I would interpret it. There are people that I want to be around and other people I don't want to be around either because it's too much drama or too much low energy, or I don't want to call it dark energy, but you know how there are people, they're users, Oh yeah. Small minded. I tend to be a big minded person. I'm a great giver. I'm a sharer. I'm a builder upper. And what I have found is that, um, the people that get attracted to me are people of like mindedness, people that want to hear me speak, people that invite me in, they know my energy and it's like energy. So what happens is that 
I am speaking my true words and my true value system and my true ideas that are authentic and real for me, but they are being a drawn in and appreciated by those who want to hear those messages. So you can translate that into any business model. You know, I I like quality people that think on a large scale and see the community of people around them as others to uplift rather than to use. And that's when it comes to law of attraction, the people that are most drawn to me and that I'm most drawn to are givers, sharers, positive people that, that realize that by giving everybody benefits. Absolutely. So yeah, I would say there's, there's definitely a lot that, that could be a whole podcast for you, (laughs) right? It could be, it could be a whole book. I mean, it could be all kinds of stuff. Oh, you could talk about people you work with, people that you hire. Um, you know, you're not just, it could go way beyond the clients. It could be your close partners, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. People that you partner up with or, um, or get involved with joint ventures. And I would always want to be around the best people. I'd want to be around stellar people that set up high standards for themselves, value other people, because then we're in like environments. Yep. And it's just adding positive energy to positive energy. And I think one plus one in that case, you get far more than two. Oh, yeah. It's funny you said that about the high standards. Sometimes you'll meet somebody and you'll see the standards they set for themselves. It'll make you relook at your own. And you'll be like, wow, I thought I was setting them high. Now I feel like I'm way below them. It just elevates you just by just by meeting them. Just that contact is a, it's a wonderful thing. You know, I agree. And then, you know, what else does it really uplifts the human spirit because then, you know, it's, there's something true when you see people that you can trust, that you can like, and that, you know, have good intentions for you. It lifts up your spirit, lifts up your energy, and you end up becoming far more creative and innovative around people like that. Absolutely. And it's, it's, it's just this energy that just keeps giving back and forth. Mm-hmm. So, Maura, what's next for you and your company? What do you have planned for, say, the rest of this year? Oh, well, um, good question. I just did a relaunch um, on my Foundations of Happiness e-course, and it's a course in emotional intelligence, which I love. It is so full of material. Um, I love it. So that is new, and I have several... um, partners that are looking to share that with their networks as well, because it helps people in life as well as with, um, with business and all aspects, lifestyle, etc. The other thing is when you're saying what's next, I've got several, uh, speaking engagements here in Florida over the summer, one in New York. And we, I just came back from Italy where I wasn't for three weeks and I have, um, oh, I want to say probably four different invitations for this late fall to come over and speak over in several countries in Southeastern Europe. So that's exciting. And then if I could add one more thing to it, I usually speak on influence and leadership. Those are big things for me because I think we could all learn how to be positive influences and leaders with or without a title. But the other thing too, that I want to, um, speak about more is how people can see themselves as their own VIP and how they can be leaders rather than followers and know that only they get to choose that. Don't wait for other people to choose it for you. So I'm excited on a number of fronts. Very nice. Very, very nice. And somebody listening, I'm positive somebody listening is going to want to hear more from you. What's the best way they can get in touch with you? (sighs) 
very easily, um, go to my website. It's Mora, my name, M is in Mary, A U R A, for the number and you the letter.com, Mora for you. Uh, they can subscribe to my newsletter, read my blogs, get uh, connected with my podcasts, find my Huffington Post blog. They can find my course, my books. Uh, and if they're looking for a great, um, keynote speaker, leadership speaker, or someone to host, um, workshops, they could get in touch with me for that as well. Awesome. Well, I've enjoyed the living heck out of this and I think you have too. Me too. This has been so <laughs> nice. I'm telling you, I feel like this is a great cover job for just being myself. <laughs> awesome. Very cool. Well, I appreciate you coming on the show very much. Uh, well, thank you too so much, Jason. And I hope that we will continue to cross paths. Absolutely. See you next time. Okay. Bye-bye. Thanks for having me on. All right. We are back. What do you guys think? Excellent. I love talking to people like her. Maura, I know you're listening. Thank you. Thank you very much. Well, guys, um, I appreciate your ear as always. Um, here we are getting close to the end of this year. Um, I'm still working hard, pushing hard to make sure that all my goals I set for 2017 are going to happen. And they are. Um, I hope you guys are doing the same thing. You know, I just posted something on my Facebook page before jumping on the podcast here now. And I asked the, you know, the followers, the fans, I said, hey, what are you guys going to do differently in 2018 with your business? It's interesting to see the results because any of those things that you think will be better in 2018, you can start today. Like there's nothing magical that happens between now and January 1st. So think about that a little bit. I would encourage all of you to think about the same thing. What is going to change in your business next year? You know, what are your goals going to be? And any of those things that don't require anything but a, a mindset shift, start them now. Don't wait till January 1st. There's a month and a half of wasted time if you do. So go ahead and jump in. Thank you, guys. Um, thank you for listening. We will catch up with you again next week. Um, if you guys like the episode and you haven't subscribed yet, we'd love for you to go to iTunes and do that. Leave us a review. That'd be great. Um, again, thank you. See you next week. Thanks for listening to Intentionally Inspirational. If you enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe and leave us a five-star review on iTunes. We look forward to having you join us next week for another great episode.